Entrepreneur on Fire, episode 284. Fire, 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 fire. Your daily dose of inspiration, encouragement, and energy from the most successful entrepreneurs in the world. Prepare to ignite now. This is Entrepreneur on Fire with John Lee Dumas. Entrepreneur on Fire. Fire. Ciao, Fire Nation. In attention, eVoice is offering a 30-day free trial. Experience why there's no better way to connect with people who drive your business. Go to eVoice.com, enter promo code FIRE for your 30-day free trial. That's eVoice.com, promo code FIRE. And guess what? LegalZoom wants to help you get your business started right. Visit LegalZoom.com where you'll find award-winning services developed by the best legal minds in the country. Enter FIRE in the referral box at checkout for your discount today. Okay, Fire Nation, let's get started. I am simply thrilled to introduce my guest today, Jimmy Hayes. Jimmy, are you prepared to ignite? I am definitely ready. <laughs> Jimmy is co-founder of the high-end travel gear company, Minol, and they are preparing to release a revolutionary new carry-on luggage design. Starting from his remote country of New Zealand, then relocating to Vietnam, and then the U.S., Jimmy is living proof that just doing it really works. Giving Fire Nation just a little overview, Jimmy, but take a minute. Tell us about you personally. We want to get to know you. And then give us a little overview of your business. Well, as you heard, the, the basic part, my name is Jimmy Hayes, um, and I, uh, I grew up in a small town in New Zealand, which, uh, which is a beautiful, the sunniest place in New Zealand, if you're ever going there, it's a little town called Nelson, um, and I, I grew up um, very happy with where I was, but always with a view to, to what was beyond the borders of our small Pacific Island nation. Um, and so that's what led me and my business partner, Doug, into um, preparing to launch a travel gear company that focuses on efficient travel, which means getting to your destination faster, happier, and more productive, which um, seems to be something we can all appreciate from talking to people. And uh, I mean, we're trying to provide something different than the, the big boys in the industry. Um, we want to have a focus on like a, a small, well-considered product range uh, on customer service and a big thing for us is basing our design on user experience rather than a target price point, which a lot of people do. Uh, and the next big step for us is to launch um, the Carry On Bag project on Kickstarter, which obviously we're, we're getting pretty excited about. Rightfully so, Jimmy. We're going to dive way more into the bag, the specifics of it, how you came up with the idea, the Kickstarter campaign, all later on in the interview. But before we do... We love starting Entrepreneur on Fire off with a success goal to get that motivational ball rolling. So take it away. There's a quote that I've referred back a lot to during the product development process, and it's really helped uh, calibrate our approach and really made me strive for success. And it's a quote from Sori Yanagi, and the quote is, the fundamental problem is that many products are made to be sold, not used. And that just struck me as, you know, what seems to be obvious but incredibly true and it's also a representation of everything we're trying to avoid because we want people to use the products and be satisfied by them not just feel like they're transacting transactioning a purchase um and it's been a quote that that we go back to for reference every time we have doubts about a product feature 
Wonderful. Okay, share that quote one more time and then specifically bring it down to the ground level about how you're applying those fundamentals to Minal. Uh, Sure, yeah. So the quote is, uh, the fundamental problem is that many products are made to be sold and not used. And it's a quote by Sori Yanagi. And I guess that we are using that quote every day um, to to refine our products um, by by figuring out how people are going to use use that product rather than um, how can we sell it to them. And that's an important distinction, I think. So before we continue further, let's break down a couple distinctive qualities that Minal has that can really kind of paint a picture for our audio-only listeners right now. This carry-on bag, uh, one of the big features is that you can uh, open it out flat to pack it like a suitcase. So you're not forced to go through that small hole in the top of your backpack to, to get your stuff. Oh, I hate that. I can never get to the bottom. Exactly. Yeah. So, so that's a big, a big difference uh, with packing and also accessing your gear on the road. Um, another point is that you know within seconds you can zip away the main straps and you're end, you're ending up with a a very nice looking duffel bag. So it's it's a bag that you wouldn't be embarrassed to take to a meeting. Um, and while it provides the practicality of a backpack, you've got you know this the smooth looks of a duffel bag. Love it, Jimmy. And again, we're going to dive more into all this later on in the interview. But before we do, we really want to start assessing your journey as an entrepreneur. It started in New Zealand, took you to Vietnam, then the US. You have a lot of exciting things in your past. And we want to really pull out one failure or major challenge that you face at some point along that journey and share with Fire Nation how you overcame that. A big obstacle for us, and it hurts to admit this, but a big obstacle for us is coming from New Zealand. Uh, it is a great country, and it's definitely prepared us well for what we're doing. But you know, if you've ever looked on a map and seen New Zealand, or maybe you looked on a map and didn't see New Zealand, which <laughs> is kind of the point, um, you're going to know it's a long way from anything. Um, you know, Australia is the closest main country. Um, to us. And it's about the same flight time from Auckland to Sydney as it is from London to Moscow. So wow. there's a amount of, of distance between us and, and, and our neighbors and the rest of the world. Um, but really, in the end, that's a reasonably easy challenge to overcome. Um, you know, growing up in isolation, you really end up wanting to see the world. And, and our culture is, is definitely one of travelers. Um, I guess the lesson learned was that the the challenge wasn't just buying the ticket. It was overcoming the, the psychological um, barriers to, to actually getting out there and, and basing ourselves overseas and fulfilling this dream. So let's really kind of take that down because you say that New Zealand, you know, you have a history of travelers. Do a lot of people travel away just as for like an adventure and then always end up back? Or do you have a lot of people that leave the country and never actually find their way back to New Zealand? It's a little bit of both. Uh, we have a, a real culture. We call it the big OE, which is the big overseas experience. And it's cool. the point where if, if you have hit 30 years old and you haven't lived somewhere overseas for at least six months or so, um, people wonder why not. Um, so there's a real culture of getting over and, and living elsewhere. And, and a lot of people do come back and a lot of people um, love where they are so much they, they don't come back. But um, if, you, if you travel and if you... Uh, go to different cities around the world. There'll always be a small, small New Zealand uh, community there, um, and it's because we we just have a, a real passion for getting out there and seeing the world and and uh, interacting with other cultures as well. 
So in your experience, do you see the internet as changing New Zealand? I mean, no longer is it this isolated country in the middle of nowhere. I mean, literally, you have as many options to connect to anything you want to as anybody may in any metropolitan here in the United States. So have you seen that changing New Zealand? And if so, in what ways? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I used to I used to work in film, and that's a great example of of what um, how New Zealand is changing. Uh, with with extremely fast internet, you can now uh, transfer files between the US and New Zealand, say, and, and and edit them in Auckland when the production is in Los Angeles. So, so that distance is becoming uh, not so much of a problem. And I was back there. Uh, during our summer, so our summertime Christmas, which we love to do in the Southern Hemisphere. And um, I didn't feel uh, any disconnect between working uh, where I was in in my sunny little town of Nelson and what was happening overseas uh, with our product development. So that was was a pretty cool thing and and it did make me feel like while while growing up in New Zealand can be a barrier in terms of uh, in terms of travel distance, it, it doesn't have to be a barrier in terms of business success. Well said, very well said. And that just, to me, is the great flattening of this world right now. I literally, tomorrow, could pick up and move to Nelson and continue on with Entrepreneur on Fire, a town I had never even heard of 10 minutes ago, but it sounds cute. It's very sunny. It's in New Zealand, which I know is beautiful from the Lord of the Rings. And I really can see myself, you know, just plopping down there and, and having six months, having a great time experiencing a new area. And that's one thing you can do when you become a location independent and you still have access to the internet to run your business. So Jimmy, if you could just pull out one clear lesson from that challenge that you faced as a New Zealander, what would that lesson be? I guess the lesson would be that when you decide to make a big step like that, uh, there are always going to be people who uh, don't understand or, or don't want you to leave for, for whatever reason. And those are, you know, those are all valid. And, and a lot of the time it's because people care about you and, and want you to stay close to them. Uh, but really, if you just ignore the psychological pressure of, of, of the initial um, stage, then once you go, uh, people are generally pretty happy for you to be succeeding um, once you've made that big step. So I think there's a, there's a choke point where uh, people are trying to keep you as you are. And once you take that step, um, and for me, that was leaving New Zealand and heading overseas and, and working on our, our um, project full time. Uh, once we got over there and did that, uh, people were generally really supportive and happy for us. So you did have those detractors at first, people that were telling you not to go. Give us one example. You don't have to be specific with names or circumstances, but give us one example of an experience you had or an encounter you had of someone that was trying to convince you not to proceed with your vision, with your dream. Yeah, I mean, there were a few moments. Um, one always sticks in my mind um, where, you know, I was talking to a friend uh, over dinner one time and, and mentioned that, you know, the plan was to head overseas and, and follow this dream. And um, they said, why, you know, it's the classic thing that I'm sure a lot of people have heard. It's why would you do that when the, the future is so unclear? Why would you give up your career here um, to go and pursue something that's so uncertain and, and that you don't know um, 
whether it's going to work out or not. And for me, that was the entire point. I wanted to go and pursue that dream because I didn't know how it would turn right. out. And it was all up to me to make it work. So I think people just look at risk in different ways and, and um, figuring out that I did love that risk was, was one of the key things for me. We all do have different risk tolerances. So trying to put our risk tolerance on other people is always a mistake because those clothes aren't going to fit. So, Jimmy, have you ever heard of the crabs in a bucket theory? I have not. I'm okay. sorry. Well, I don't blame you. I mean, I'm from Maine. Not many people have heard it. So we have a lot of seafood. We have lobster. We have crabs. And something that's really fascinating that can be applied to the real world, to human beings as well, Put about 50 crabs in a bucket. You can picture this big bucket with 50 crabs. They're all trying to claw their way out. They're trying to get up and out. And every now and then, you'll have one crab that's just about to get out. He's climbed on top of everybody else. He has his claw over the edge. He's about to pull himself over. What happens every single time? Literally, 99 times out of 99, the other crabs will pull him back in. And in fact, it's such a certainty that that will happen that the fishermen, they don't even put covers on the buckets because there's no way crabs can ever get out because they won't let each other. And it sounds like in some ways, New Zealand, like many other places and many small towns in America as well, is like a bucket of crabs. People are just about to get out. Sometimes people try to pull them back in because maybe they're scared for, for them or they're scared for themselves and they're just kind of projecting that fear and that uncertainty onto the other person, or in the case of the bucket of crabs, the other crabs. Do you think that's a decent analogy? I really do, yeah. And I, I, I totally agree with the, with the concept. I mean, I, would, I guess I, I do feel lucky coming from New Zealand in that we do have a culture of, of going out there and seeing the world. So maybe the level of, of crabbiness was a little lower where <laughs> I was from. But, but I think wherever you are, you're going to strike those crabs. So yeah, it's definitely a, a, a savvy analogy. So Jimmy, let's move forward because again, your journey took you to Vietnam. It took you to the U.S., Let's talk about an aha moment that you had when a light bulb just went off and you said, wow, this resonates with me. This is my authentic self. And then share how you turned that moment into success. Be specific. We've been imagining and concepting our product range for, for quite a long time uh, because we were living the, the travel lifestyle, uh, working from the road. Um, we had a really strong idea of what we wanted to achieve. Um, it seemed like a very long road and it wasn't until we surrounded ourselves with people who use those products and, and care about them that we realized the impact it could have. So uh, there was a moment where we, were, we had a prototype of the bag and um, we just got it that day and we went down to this late night um, cafe in Saigon in Vietnam and met up with six or seven people, uh, location independent entrepreneurs generally who were living in Saigon and it was at that moment where we all sat around at 1 a.m. Uh, drinking a beer and talking about this bag that I realized, wow, this is where I'm supposed to be and this is what is going to, to make or break this product is getting feedback from people on what we were doing. And I think that feedback is probably the biggest ingredient in having us ready now with, with something that's truly useful and, and ready to launch. So, Jimmy, I want to go back to another time when you first had the idea for this bag. Take us to that moment. Tell us that story. Well, uh, to, be, to be perfectly honest with you, I think uh, my business partner was the, was the genesis of, of the bag. Um, and it, I guess my aha moment was when he described it to me. 
and I'm sure that we were we were sitting together in in some um, train station or or airport or um, some sort of transit location around the globe, and and he was talking to me about a lightweight bag that made it easy to get get to your gear and was easy to pack and unpack, uh, and that you could take to a meeting or go hiking with, and um, that really resonated with me because you know when you're traveling there's nothing worse than than having gear that gets in your way and constantly I felt like gear was getting in my way so when he was describing that to me it really I mean it wasn't a light bulb in that it was my idea but it was a light bulb in that I thought wow this is something that I would use and and having used these things over the last few months I definitely feel like it's uh it's worked out pretty well. So from these two aha moments you've described, pull out one clear lesson that you learned from this experience you can share with Fire Nation. One clear lesson would be that it, you're at a, a significant advantage if you're living the lifestyle that you want to uh, be a part of, uh, you want to create for. Yeah. So because we were living from the road, uh, we were constantly going through security and constantly dealing with our gear. Um, we had an understanding, an intuitive understanding of, of what was useful and what wasn't. And that's not to say we knew everything because we had to talk to more than just the two of us to know what, to know what uh, people needed. But it gave us a real head start on, on product design and, and figuring out what was actually useful and what was just window dressing that all companies put on because that's what they do. Love that, Jimmy. And you've had a lot of ups and downs in the journey of being an entrepreneur, of being a traveler. That's just what happens as we go throughout our lives. But at any point yet, have you had an I've made it moment? Well, yeah. I mean, obviously, we're preparing to launch. So there hasn't been a, a moment like that in the traditional sense. But uh, I guess. What would an I've made a moment look like for you? And let's lead this into your Kickstarter campaign and describe to Fire Nation what it's all about and what success would look like to you. Sure. Uh, well, I would just add that, I mean, I feel like I have those, I've made it moments every day because we get to live um, wherever we need to, to to make this dream happen and, and we get to talk to people about what they want and what we're doing. So that's a pretty cool feeling. Nice. But the, the I've made it moment would, would initially be the success of this Kickstarter campaign. So, you know, we'll have a, a, a target um, amount of funds raised. And if we reach that, then, then we can go and make these, these bags for people. And, and that will be a real phase one I've made it moment. Um, and then I guess my, my underlying goal for the, the I've made it is uh, I really want to have the freedom to be around the people that I care about when and where I want. So um, if I can say, okay, I need to go and see my family in New Zealand right now, there is no barrier to making that happen. And so that, you know, obviously you need the money to make that happen and you need the lifestyle to make it happen as well. So, so that's a, a target to aim towards. So Jimmy, for the listeners right now who have a product idea or an idea for a service and they've heard about Kickstarter and they're, they're interested in, in maybe going down that route of product creation, of Kickstarter, all these things, take us through some successes and some failures that you've had along the way and to really educate our listeners if they want to go in that direction. Sure. Uh, so we started out by being two guys who didn't know much about anything is the way I like to say it. Um, but we knew what we didn't like about, about our current gear. So um, using travel gear as a convenient example, um, I think 
we didn't need to be people who made things straight away. So don't let that hold you back. It's it's about finding out a problem and then figuring out how to solve it. Yes. And when we when we set out, we just felt like there were a lot of problems um, existing in the industry, and we figured out ways to solve them. And it wasn't until we surrounded ourselves with experts and those experts include people who work in the industry and people who know nothing about travel gear but use it use it all the time um those things all start to feed into your mission so your job is really to to pull in the disparate um range of of things that people are saying whether they they're old and cynical and and have been in the industry forever or they are just passionate users of the products it's your job to take all those things in and then uh, tie them to a mission that you believe in. And it's not until you, you know, there's a great Derek Sivers quote. I, I quote this all the time, but I love it. Um, I'm paraphrasing a little bit. He says, uh, uh, it's not inspiration until you actually apply it to doing work. And that's what is so important is that, you know, you can take all this inspiration and feedback from people, uh, but it's not until you, until you set a course and set a mission and, and a cause that you believe in um, that you will really achieve something. So, Jimmy, I find all of this super fascinating. And one thing I'd love for you to share with Fire Nation, one piece of feedback that you received from somebody outside of your inner circle that you applied to your product that made a huge improvement. Sure. Yeah. Well, we we obviously talk to anyone and everyone who's willing to talk to us um, ab- about the product, and and I think a lot of the time we get the best feedback from people who are outside that inner circle because um, they're not tied up in any sort of social obligation to to tell us um, how great it is, you know. <laughs> um, but you know, I think one of the specific things that happened was that a lot of people told us, um, "Oh, well, I don't like drink holders on bags." Uh, and so for a while we were going down the road of well, why do we need a drink holder? But what we what we found out after digging down into that advice and having one specific conversation with a girl in Saigon where we were based at the time was that it wasn't that people didn't like drink holders; it's that they didn't like the current versions of drink holders. Got it. So they didn't like how it leaked through into their bag through the fabric. They didn't like how it was too tight for their Nalgene bottle. They didn't like how it fell apart after a year. So really what we needed to set out doing was creating a better version of that drink holder rather than getting rid of it or, or keeping it the same as it was. Fascinating stuff. That's just really great how it's going out there, speaking to people who are going to be consuming or purchasing your product or service and then pivoting when they give you that great idea. It's that great Eric Reese lean startup method that we always talk about here at Entrepreneur on Fire. So Jimmy, I just really want you to share one thing that's really exciting you about Minal right now. Everything's focused on this launch and that's obviously pretty exciting. Give uh, me some details. On that end, um, we're just excited for people to finally see what we've been developing and hearing the reaction to it. It's been generally in a circle so far. We've been uh, showing the prototypes to a lot of location-independent entrepreneurs, digital nomads, uh, regular travelers, um, people who travel once or twice a year, and, and people seem really excited about it. So uh, even though we're trying to go one step at a time and, and getting through this campaign first, it's it's impossible not to dream about the cool products we can make for people in the future. And, and that's it's a really important and, and I mean, it's a constant inspiration for us as well. 
Exciting. Well, there's going to be all the contact information on the show notes page, entrepreneuronfire.com slash Jimmy Hayes. And now let's take a second to thank our sponsors. Fire Nation, you might think that securing legal protection is only necessary after you get called out. But let me tell you something. If you're ready to start your business, then the time to secure legal protection is now. LegalZoom can help start and maintain businesses with incorporation and LLC filings, trademarks, and copyrights. The best part is LegalZoom offers affordable legal protection that you can trust. And when you join LegalZoom, you're joining three dozen companies from the Inc. 500 list who got their start through LegalZoom as well. LegalZoom is not a law firm, but they can connect you to an attorney and provide self-help services at your specific direction. If you're a parent or an entrepreneur, don't wait any longer. Visit LegalZoom.com, enter fire in the referral box, and protect what's yours. Fire Nation, are you ready to hit the beach and enjoy some hot summer sun, but afraid to step away from the office for fear of missing that important phone call? eVoice can handle that. eVoice ensures that calls are routed to your voicemail seamlessly. You can even read your voicemails as a text message, a simple and convenient way to access and manage your messages on the go. Conference calling, voicemail to text transcriptions, an online centralized account admin, and web conferencing are just a few more of the many features you'll get with eVoice's comprehensive service. Best part is, eVoice has all the advanced features of an expensive phone system packaged up for one low monthly cost. Packages start as low as $9.95 per month. Get instantly connected with the people that drive your business. Go to eVoice.com, enter the promo code FIRE for your 30-day free trial. That's eVoice.com, promo code FIRE. We've now reached my favorite part of the show. We're about to enter the lightning round, and this is where I get to ask you a series of questions, and you come back at us, Fire Nation, with amazing and mind-blowing answers. Sound like a plan? Well, I'll try my best. <laughs> what was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? Honestly, I would say, I would say that uh, not having a partner was holding me back. I wasn't uh, one of those guys selling lemonade on the street or hustling deals at school or anything like that. I wasn't necessarily a born entrepreneur. Uh, I had the fire deep down inside me, but it wasn't until I, I met Doug that I had a direction for that fire and, and a realization that it could really, really happen. What's the best advice you've ever received? I had a great boss in the film industry who was just constantly at me saying, uh, everything in life is a narrative. And that stuck with me as we've created this business because the, the greatest products or services in the world, they're nothing if you can't communicate their value to people. Um, why should people want it? What problem are you solving? You know, all that sort of stuff. Um, like everyone wants to feel like they're, they're, something, they're part of something greater than themselves. And if you believe in a cause and you want to share it with people, then you know, all that remains then is to communicate that narrative to people. What is one specific action listeners can take in the next 24 hours to bring them one step closer to their dreams? I'd say if you... If you have dreams of creating something that other people will use, uh, find them and start talking to them and, and you know, create a relationship and find out what really, really matters to them. And finding them can be hard. You know, we ended up walking the streets of Saigon at 1 a.m. asking location-independent entrepreneurs what they thought of our backpack. <laughs> I mean, that's a great experience and, and it was so useful for us. And it showed us that you, you have to be able to take that um, – interaction with your community and, and, and apply it to what you're doing before you can really know what to make for them. 
Do you have an internet resource like an Evernote that you're just in love with that you can share with our listeners? Oh, man. Yeah. There's, there's one that I really love. It's a tiny one called, uh, it's called Flycut. And it just, it saves your copy and paste in a queue and it lets you cycle back through and use them again with a keyboard shortcut. And I, this is such a small thing, but it has saved me so much time over the past six months or a year. I, I really don't think I could function without it. Wonderful. Well, Fire Nation, you can find the links to this resource and everything that we've talked about in today's episode at entrepreneuronfire.com slash Jimmy Hayes. Jimmy, if you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be? Catch-22. Um, and it's my favorite book. Well, one, because uh, Kurt Vonnegut's a total genius and I, I love him. Um, but with Catch-22, once I got past the feeling of what's going on, which I uh, was feeling at that moment in my life anyway, um, and it lasted for most of the book, um, it really tied together at the end and ended up really changing my perspective on, on life itself. So um, I really recommend that one. If you, can, if you can get through the initial what's going on, three quarters of the book, the last quarter will pay off. That last 25% is awesome in Fire Nation. If you haven't already, you can get the audio version of this book for free by going to eofirebook.com. That's eofirebook.com. So, Jimmy, this next question is my favorite, but it's kind of tricky. So take your time, digest it, then come back at us with an answer. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to Earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have, your food and shelter is taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? I would take that $500 and I would, I would buy a ticket. Uh, I guess it would have to be a one-way ticket for $500. <laughs> get to wherever my community was. I would have the experience and knowledge of, of creating these products. Um, but without knowing anyone, I'd want to talk to the community on this fantastic new planet and, and find out what they needed because I think my passion is, is creating stuff for, for a community. So I would figure out where that was and, and, then, uh, and then get there to talk to them about, about what they wanted and, and what problems could be solved in that community. Mm, Jimmy, I have truly enjoyed listening to your journey. Thank you for sharing it with us. Give Fire Nation one parting piece of guidance. Share how we can find you, and then we'll say goodbye. Sure. Uh, you can find us at our website is the easiest way. It's www.manal.com. That's M-I-N-A-A-L. And dub for all you Americans is short for W. And what's that parting piece of guidance, Jimmy? Find your community. Uh, if you if you want to create things for other people, then you really have to uh, to find that community and talk to them about about what they really need. And the great thing that we we touched on earlier is that that doesn't need to be in person. You can do it on the internet now. Um, you can do it from wherever you are in the world. So don't let that geography hold you back. Wonderful. Well, Fire Nation is well aware they can find the links to everything that we've talked about at eofire.com. Click the podcast tab and you'll be right there in the archives. In Fire Nation, we're going to sing a quick little happy birthday to Jimmy. It's his birthday today. Jimmy, how old are you? I am 29. Happy birthday to you. And now, Fire Nation, you know why I don't sing more often. Jimmy, thank you for being so generous with your time your expertise, your experience. Fire Nation salutes you, and we'll catch you on the flip side. My pleasure. Thank you. Fire Nation. When I started my journey, I was alone. I had a vision and a whole lot of passion, but no one to support and help me along the way. 
What I needed was to join a mastermind, and that's exactly what I did. Now, I'm starting our masterminds, Fire Nation Elite. Visit FireNationElite.com to fill out your application and schedule a one-on-one 15-minute chat with me today. In Fire Nation, last reminder for the episode, go to evoice.com, enter the promo code FIRE. You will not regret it. Thank you for joining us at EntrepreneurOnFire.com, your daily dose of inspiration. Prepare to ignite.